A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a revenge story against a dead collector, but first a story from Santa's other brother, the quality engineer, and the password. Not mine, happened where I worked at the time. A quality engineer had spent six months documenting procedures and systems, working towards ISO 9001 certification, when he got laid off with no notice. He shows up on payday, receptionist gives him his paycheck, then she asks what the password is for his computer. The quality engineer says, I never used a password. Suddenly, six months of documentation and planning is gone. He got paid for six months, they got nothing in return. If you were working towards a project like this and they go and they fire you with no context and expect to take the work for themselves, should you still be expected to hand that over and let them use that work? Or do you fully support some, I guess you could say, non-compliance here by saying, oh, I never used a password, and basically sinking them because there's no way to access that work? Do you support it or do you think there's a right thing to do here? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Pre-Raph Princess. You wake me up, I'll wake you up. When I was a teenager in the 90s, I lived with my gran. Her next door neighbor Christine had an Alsatian and two young children. I disliked Christine for two reasons. Firstly, she never walked her dog. The poor thing was in her back garden all the time. It would howl miserably and constantly. The second reason was because said dog would crap all over the garden which was paved. All over it. Christine would come out, casually sweep it all to one side with a broom, and then let her two children come out and play all over the garden, sometimes barefoot. Her youngest child was at the most three years old. I was 17 and I thought that was disgusting. Judgy? Maybe. Anyway, one summer, my gran had gone on holiday and actually let me stay in the house alone. I'd asked if I could have my BFF to stay in her absence, and she agreed. BFF and I had a girly night in, watched a film, and went to bed close to midnight. It was a really hot night, so we opened my bedroom windows, which is when we realized there was a party of sorts going on next door. Fair enough, but about five minutes later, the music came on, and it was loud. Like wild party shaking the walls loud. Close to midnight, remember? We were really peeved. We couldn't sleep. When we closed the windows, the heat was suffocating. Christine's conservatory, where the music was coming from, was within throwing distance of my window. So we threw a few things onto the roof to get her attention, but either the music was too loud or she ignored us. We had to close the windows and suffer the heat. We're in the north of England and we don't do heat. You're probably wondering why I didn't just go round and ask her to turn it down. Yes, I should have done. I can't really remember why I didn't, except that it was after midnight, we'd already gotten ready for bed, and I didn't want to have to go outside alone in the street at that time. Additionally, I've had a lot of mental health issues, and I never learned how to communicate in a healthy way. My family were all about passive aggression and bottling stuff up until you exploded. It took me many years to learn how to relate to people and be assertive in a calm, direct manner. In the morning, I was still really annoyed. I had a small stereo in my room and some classical music CDs, one of which included Ravel's Bolero. If you haven't heard of Ravel's Bolero, you've probably heard it on a film or advert or something. 
It's very famous. It starts quietly with a persistent, heavy, repetitive beat. It gradually gets louder and louder as more instruments join in. It lasts around 12 minutes and by the end, it's loud enough to wake the dead and offer them breakfast as well. I popped it in my CD player, whizzed the volume dial around a maximum, turned the speakers to face the wall, and pressed play. It was about 8am, hangover time for Christine. After just a couple of minutes, BFF and I couldn't stand the noise, so we went downstairs and to the other side of the house. Later that day, I was catching up on my sleep in the garden, and I could hear Christine having a very loud phone conversation with someone, saying how she had a good party and it was so nice to actually have some fun for once in her life. I'm pretty sure she intended me to hear and feel guilty. I didn't feel guilty. Oh, if my neighbors could just lose sleep for one night so I could enjoy my one night to actually have fun. Oh, shove it, Christine. This next story is from Not Your Crackhead. Roommate sets 30 alarms but won't get up? I'll wake them up each time instead. I'll try to keep this short. Last year I had a roommate who was a huge night owl. No big deal. But every night they would set their alarm to go off every 10 minutes starting at 8am. Full volume and sometimes roommate wouldn't even wake up to turn each one off so they would just keep going. Usually this wasn't an issue because I was gone by 7.30 to 8am each day. But on my rare days off or the weekend, it was incredibly annoying because I love the opportunity to sleep in. We talked about it and they explained that they said so many because they never wake up to just one alarm and are afraid of oversleeping, but agreed to cut back on the sheer number of alarms and work on getting up the first time. Surprise, surprise, this did not occur and the next Saturday, the alarm started in all of their glory at 8 a.m., I was fed up and feeling petty, so each time the alarm went off, I would loudly knock on the door and in the sweetest voice say, roommate name, time to get up, you don't want to oversleep, and wouldn't stop until they would verbally answer the door. Each time I would bashfully explain that I hope I wasn't being annoying but that I wanted to be a good roommate and help them wake up on time. The alarm stopped after I pulled this stunt two days in a row. I'm not gonna lie, I've been a filthy multi-alarmer as well, but not in a situation where it would annoy anybody else. I really like the idea of waking up to an alarm, finding out you still have like 30 minutes and being able to relax, but I feel like it's only conditioning you to get more used to your alarm and not actually get up. And that alone is already a terrible thing, let alone the fact that if you have roommates or a partner or anything like that, you're gonna be annoying as heck. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our next story is from Seneca13. Debt collectors get a taste of their own medicine. I have a gym membership that I was officially signed up for under false pretenses. The sales guy pitched me an offer of a two-week free trial, but signed me up for a full membership. He used fake bank account information, so I only found out about all this when they called me three months later telling me that I owe them three months of unpaid membership fees. I went in to discuss the matter with the gym management personally and they were very hostile. When I told them to just cancel it, they insisted that I have a one month time period to cancel. And since it's been three months, I'll have to pay 50% of the 24 month contract in order to cancel. I was furious. I did a little digging and discovered that this is a running scam they operate. 
They sign potential customers up to a free trial and then fraudulently attach it along with your signature to a full 24-month contract with fake banking details. Since your true banking account won't be debited, you won't know until three months later when it's too late to cancel without paying the 50% cancellation clause. When you insist that you were signed up for a free trial, they gaslight you and use a insistent browbeating tactic to get you to see no way out. This is a prevalent scam in my country and with a little research, I discovered that because of gyms scamming the public this way, laws were passed that exempts the public from having their credit affected in any way for non-payment of gym membership fees. And no legal action can be taken from any gym against any member for unpaid membership fees. However, while I was protected by the law from my credit record being tarnished and from any legal action, I am not protected against harassment. The gyms hire debt collection companies to basically harass non-paying members with letters, emails, phone calls, text messages, and so-called agents who visit your workplace and your home. I returned to the gym and revealed my findings. They told me that I'll either pay them or be handed over to their legal department and taken to court for double the contractually agreed amount and have my credit record destroyed. I smugly revealed that I'm well aware of the law and that they have no power or authority to take any kind of action against any member. They doubled down on their insistent hardball tactic. I simply laughed and told the management lady that I already found six members who were scammed and informed them of what I know and I intend to educate as many members as I can about their rights. Then I called her a barking rabbit with no power at all. I was swiftly escorted out. The next few weeks, the harassment tripled in intensity. I got a few letters in the mail weekly, about 10 emails daily from changing accounts, about 10 texts daily from multiple changing numbers, between 20 to 30 calls daily, and a few times a week their obnoxious agents would harass me at my house or workplace. They had the same hostile, threatening, hardball tactic. Obviously meant to stress you out and pester you so much that you would just pay them in order to get some peace. The calls were the worst. They would find out personal information about your personal life and use it to get under your skin. After a while, I was exhausted. I realized that I was anxious about going outside. I would get a jolt of anxiety when the phone rang or when I had a knock on my door. This had to stop. I considered changing my number and email, but then I thought about my situation logically. I realized that they can harass, but nothing more. They can only affect my mental well-being if I take them seriously. What is there to fear? They're barking rabbits. Toothless, clawless pit bulls. I did some pickup artistry in my earlier bartending days. There's a tactic used by pickup artists called agree and amplify, where you take nothing a person says seriously and amplify their insults to the ridiculous. It's a good technique to use to lighten the mood, especially if someone's being hostile towards you, since it disarms the attacker. The next day, when I received my first call, I answered and discussed with the hostile woman about all the different soups there are, and different recipes for soup. The more she would try to anger me or insult me or change the subject, I would suggest different soups that would calm her down and ask her what soups her children and family likes. After a while of this, she was mentally exhausted. I could tell that she had had enough. I continued to discuss with her the virtues of soup. 
but she remained quiet for maybe 40 seconds or so. She was still there since I heard her heavy breathing. She was pissed, so I hung up instead. I assumed that since she's calling from a call center, she's not allowed to hang up. So she stayed silent and waited for me to hang up instead. Victory. When the agents harassed me at work, I employed a similar tactic. They would often dress in a very formal, professional manner to give the faux demeanor of importance, and when they talked, they used legal terminology, obviously a scare tactic that alluded to corporate legal strong-arming. I simply met them outside and offered a tour of the premises. When they declined and insisted that I talk to them seriously, I told them to follow me to my office, to which I led them to the toilet. They didn't like that, so I took them to a rec room and offered them drinks. They asked for coffee. I gave them tap water and paper cups. When they started talking, I would simply walk off to another area and talk nonsense. They left after a while, leaving an envelope I threw in the trash. They tried harassing me at my home. When I opened the door to two guys, I told them that I was waiting for them and started directing them how I wanted my front yard landscaped. When they got serious, I mentioned how I want the sides trimmed and how the weeds need to be plucked by hand. One moment, one of the guys got heated and got on my face and said a few nasty things to taunt me. I simply told him that his emotional state reminds me of a stump that I've been wanting to have removed for years. How much extra would they charge me to remove it? This guy lost it and called me very nasty names while walking away and chucking an envelope at my feet. I simply shouted back at him, thank you for the quote, as I picked up the envelope to chuck in my trash. I went on informing friends and acquaintances, as many as I could who had a membership at the gym, about the scam and my tactics. Some saw it as too much effort, but others assisted. One delivery driver got his entire team of 13 to quit the gym and employ my tactics. This went on for a few weeks. I started getting very creative with my harassment countermeasures. There were so many beautiful topics, my favorite of which was preposterous political views like discussing how the German World War II leader was in fact the good guy, or how Nelson Mandela was an evil dictator. Also, I loved ridiculous conspiracies like how all music since 1995 are computer-generated and humans are in fact controlled by parasites called brains. I knew I was getting to them, and after a few weeks they stopped calling, and the agents stopped visiting. Only the texts and emails persisted. I downloaded software to filter the texts and emails as best as I can, and it's worked well enough that I decided to keep my number and email accounts and just delete them in batches separated by the software. After a few months, I've not heard from them and noticed that there were no more letters and no more batches of emails or texts to delete. Feeling superior, I visited the gym to speak to the manager, but was refused entry when they heard who I was and was told that my membership was cancelled months ago. They tried to contact me to move forward with the cancellation and waive the 50% clause, but I was impossible to contact and the letters went unanswered. Turns out they stopped their antics after too many members came forward insisting on cancelling the contract. I spoke to the staff member at length, an okay guy. He told me that this happens every now and then. All the gym does is lay low for about six months, then start up the scamming and harassing again. Apparently this tactic brings in a lot of money and the gym would close down otherwise. I just shook my head. I had lots of fun toying with these people. I actually miss annoying them and getting under their skin. I still chuckle. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, thinking of it, OP said that this actually took place in South Africa. And I just can't imagine a situation where, whether you have debt or not, that people are showing up day and night to your home, to your place of work, and giving you a lot of very pointed, targeted grief about trying to make you pay up. Like, just imagine somebody's parents was like, oh, a gym membership, sure, I'll try. And then your parents end up getting harassed in this way. It seems pretty easy why they keep doing this because this is just an awful system. This next story is from Togisa Alharitha forcing unconventional housemates to live a conventional lifestyle. When I was in uni, some of my fellow students managed to bag a large student house with like nine rooms. Friends of friends got invited to make up numbers. All these guys knew or knew of each other and lived together in dorms previously so they thought they knew each other. There was this girl who hooked up with a guy and they ended up sharing a room together. Whenever she got drunk, she always used to sing Cat Baloo. Nat King Cole, right? As individuals, these guys were fine, but as a couple, they were odd. They would stay up late smoking weed and stop the whole house from sleeping and studying, playing music and stuff to like 3 to 4 a.m. Guys tried the civilized approach to quiet down and were met with an odd counter-argument. If you want to lead to a conventional life doing a 9 to 5, that's your choice, but don't force it on us. Cue petty revenge times 8. Everyone was in on this. They turned on their speakers to face this couple's bedroom, facing the ceiling on the bedroom underneath or floor from above. You get the idea. Set their stereos to max volume and an alarm to start playing music 15 minutes after the last person left for lectures. And let rip. Everyone stayed out of the house all day. They all tried to arrive home at the same time. This couple was livid. We couldn't sleep all day, you're idiots. Who the heck plays music when they're not even home? One of my friends replied, If you want to be conventional and be in the room when you listen to music, that's your choice. But don't force it on us. They only needed telling once. I mean, just from the onset of the story, you could already tell that it was going to go downhill very quickly. Nine roommates, all friends or friends of friends. You can be super, super close to a friend, but it's just a whole different animal when you actually live with somebody. Our next story is also from Togusa Alharitha, making a nightmare but beautiful housemate move out. Not my story, but one a friend told me when he was a student in the 90s. A bit long, but bear with me. A group of second year students, all lads, found a great furnished place to live, but needed one more person to make the cost of living a bit easier. They left their details with the housing department of the university and a last minute admission first year student contacted them and asked to see the property. 
They arrive and it's a girl and her mother, both natural tens, absolute stunners. They love the place and after double checking with them that she wouldn't mind living with a bunch of fellas, agree to let her move in. To try and make her feel comfortable the weekend she moves in, the boys make a full-on British Sunday dinner. Think Thanksgiving dinner for those in the US? They all sat down to eat when she asks about something she's unfamiliar with on her plate. They say those are Yorkshire puddings, a staple of Sunday dinner. She replies, oh, I've heard of them. Mama says they're for poor people. And it goes downhill from there. She doesn't clean up after herself, taking other people's food, can't use a washing machine properly, hogging the bathroom. You get the idea. Obviously been pampered her whole life and has no life skills as such. They tried talking with her but got nowhere. After a couple of weeks, they decided she has to go, stunner or not. They tried fighting fire with fire and copying her behavior, but they were starting to get fed up with living that dirty. One day, one of the lads noticed her room is immaculate, and she always locks her door when she leaves, but leaves her upstairs bedroom window open. The layout of the house means that it is possible for someone to climb out of one bedroom window and into hers. Day one, when she leaves, they climb in and move a few bits around. She comes home and goes into her room. Within seconds, she storms downstairs screaming, Who's been in my room? Everyone denies all knowledge. Don't you lock your door? She has no answer and leaves. Day two, when she leaves, they climb in and move a bit more around than the day before. She comes home and is livid. I know you've been in my room. Someone's messing with my things. I'm going to get the locks changed and she actually paid someone to change her locks. They wait a couple days to let her guard down and notice she still leaves her window open though. Next time she leaves, they went to town. Totally rearranged her room, bed, wardrobe, desk, drawers, clothes in different places, posters, even changed her bedding. Between them, it only took 30 minutes. When she came home and went upstairs, the guys just waited and waited and waited. She came downstairs with a suitcase and without saying a word, left. Next day, her and a couple of her friends turned up to move out whatever was left behind. She dropped off her keys on the kitchen counter and other than some stink guy didn't say anything. They took the hit on the finances and turned that bedroom into a gaming room. Pull in the good old 20 inch CRT TV, hook up the Super Nintendo to it. Honestly, in a dorm full of other guys, sounds kind of awesome to hang out in the gaming room probably where I would spend most of my time during downtime. Our next story is from I Love Donuts 4. Using my phone number to sign up for everyday things? Fine, I'll cancel your plans. For more than a year now, I get random texts about upcoming reservations for restaurants, fitness classes, apartment tours, and a state I don't live. When this first started happening, the texts were few and far between enough that I would just ignore them. Over the last three months or so, the texts have become so frequent I've been trying to track the person down so I can politely ask them to stop or let them know if they're actually somehow oblivious. A couple of months ago, I found out a first name from one of the fitness studios but couldn't come up with any promising contact info. Today I hit the jackpot. I got a first and last name and an email. I emailed asking them to stop using my number. I doubt I'll get a reply but I just want the texts for these reservations to stop coming to my phone. Fast forward to this evening, I get another text that my reservation at a restaurant in a different state, but where I still don't live, is coming up tomorrow. Please reply 1 to confirm your booking or 9 to cancel. 
Bet you can guess my reply. Best of luck finding a new reservation for a table for six in Manhattan on a Friday night. You know, usually a mishap like this is like some kid giving a fake email to their teacher so they can get info for a homework assignment sent to them or something. What I don't understand is did somebody give a totally fake number or is the person's actual number probably like one or two digits off? Either way, I don't blame OP because at some point enough is enough and you've tried your best to give this heads up. This next story is from Faded Deity. I thought you loved me. So this was a while back, but it still makes me smile. When I was 17, I had this crappy job as a food service employee at a local nursing home. One of the bosses there, we'll call him Rick, was a total creep. He would always stare at us girls while we were cleaning up after meals and picked a few of us to follow around. He would walk past us and accidentally graze our butts with his hand and other uber pervy things. He also bragged about how he cheated on his ex-wife and how he was engaged to the woman he cheated with like he was so proud of himself and this is all while he's trying to undress 17 to 18 year old girls with his eyes. I'm sure he was doing this to some of the other girls but he seemed to single me out for more attention. It wasn't anything too crazy so I never reported it and word was Rick got a big promotion at another location and would be moving to that job so I tried to wait it out. One day I had to go into the storage room we barely ever used to restock something. This room looked like it was an old walk-in fridge, so no windows or anything, just one door. I went into the room and was standing tippy-toe to try to get something off the top shelf when I heard the door open. I was facing away from the door so I couldn't see, but I knew it was strange that anyone would come in. Next thing I know, I have a hand go straight up my shirt, under my bra, and full-on grab me. I whirled around, smacked this guy across the face, sure enough it was Rick, and said something to the effect of, if you want this new fancy promotion, you'll never touch me again or I'll go straight to head of company and then to the police. Honestly, I should have gone to the police anyway, but unfortunately, I was used to being harassed by creepy older men. Anywho, Rick barely looked my direction for the next few weeks until he left. Fast forward a little bit later, Rick had left and I thought that I would never see him again until one day when I was grocery shopping with my boyfriend, who knew the situation. I was walking down an aisle when guess who turns down the same aisle coming towards me. As soon as he saw me, he froze, turned ghost white, and quickly turned back around and left. Here's where my petty kicked in. Instead of just walking away or leaving, I followed him. I turned the aisle and saw that he was with his fiancée. Perfect. Cue the dramatics. I started yelling, Rick, where have you been? I haven't heard from you in weeks. I missed you, baby. I thought you loved me. When the look on his fiancée's face was sufficient, I just stopped, looked at her and him and said, Oh, I see. And just turned and walked away, flashing the biggest poop-eating grin I could muster up at him as his fiancée had already started laying into him. Rick just looked shell-shocked. Last I heard, he went to his new job, but his fiancée had left him. Can I just say that people like Rick deserve way worse than getting broken up with, than not getting a promotion? A guy like Rick deserves a legitimate criminal record for doing something like that. 
As a guy, I've never had to experience anything like this. And frankly, when you have that awakening moment where you find out just about every woman you've ever come to know has faced at least like this level of harassment from creepy men, it's disheartening and it kind of changes your worldview. The fact alone that it's almost just like a guarantee that if you're a girl, you've gotten harassed at least at some level. People like Rick deserve to actually be charged for the BS that they're trying to pull. Our next story is from Solo1961, Petty Revenge at the Dog Park. It was great weather this morning, and I decided to take my mutt to the dog park. This park's typical of others, it's fenced and has a plastic bag dispenser at both gates, so dog parents can clean up after their kid goes poop. The back gate leads to a greenway slash walking trail. A woman walked in the park ahead of me with her dog. I follow behind and get a bag because I know my girl's going to make a big boom boom within minutes of sniffing around, and she does, so does this lady's dog. I dutifully bag the poop and as I'm walking towards the trash can, I notice the lady walking toward the back gate with her dog. She exited the park and disappeared down the trail, leaving behind an epic mound of what appeared to be half-digested pizza with lots of anchovies. I hate people who don't bother cleaning up after their dog. Cue the wicked pettiness in my soul. I got another bag and cleaned up after her dog, and then let my dog play and waited for her to return. I was going to hand the bag to her along with some choice commentary, but when it was time for me to go, she had not yet returned. No problem, she'd parked right beside me. I had intended to dump her dog's poop on the hood of her car, but to my gleeful surprise, she left one of her back windows down. I didn't dump the poop inside her car, I'm not that big of a jerk, but I casually opened her back door and stuck the bag under her seat before leaving the scene with a big poop-eating grin. No pun intended. It's now a sunny 85 degrees here. I hope the smell inside her car is nauseating. Honestly, what OP did here is a pretty strong revenge because I don't know what it is about cars, but when a strong smell gets in cars, it often takes a long time for that smell to kind of dissipate from the interior of that thing, even when you remove the smell. If I'm willing to bet she probably tore that car apart trying to find the smell and then probably Febreze the whole thing down. Or maybe considering what they did with the dog, they were probably like, man, why does this stink? And then just kept going on anyways. And our final story of the day is from Revolutionary Ant 209. A stranger tells me, smile, it could be worse. Instantly regrets it. Last week I was out and about, making a start on some errands I had. As I was walking, I was going through my long to-do list in my head, so I wasn't frowning, I wasn't smiling, my face was just a neutral. A man starts heading towards me. As we pass, he tells me, smile, it could be worse. I stop stare at him for a moment, and then I say, my parents were in an accident, my mom died on impact, we're turning off my dad's life support tomorrow. The guy looked like a robot being suddenly shut down, his face fell, he looked like a deer in headlights, he stuttered and stammered, he was obviously trying to think of something to say and when he couldn't, he turned around and speed walked away. My parents were both fine, there was no accident but it annoys me when people think they have the right to dictate how people are feeling and what expressions they make, especially when they don't know what's going on in their lives. It's unhelpful and patronizing. 
Imagine telling somebody who's just been given a terminal diagnosis, smile, it could be worse, or somebody who's lost a child, been laid off, or is otherwise struggling and in a terrible situation. You know what, I relate to this story heavily, because I'm one of those people that you would say can have resting depression face. There were times in high school where I would just be like sitting off to the side relaxing, and people would come up to me and be like, are you okay? You look like you need a hug. Honestly, do you know how bad that can make somebody feel? Just imagine a world where you think it's okay to walk up to somebody and say, smile, it could be worse. Or straight up just asking if somebody's depressed and it not even being the case, it's just how they look. Imagine how that could make that person feel. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.